sit down and let us pray together. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. It was a Saturday afternoon in early June of this year, and I'd just parked my car in the car park out there. And I'd got out my car and I'd, I'd said hello to Laurie. Laurie was the, the best man for the day. And I was just about to take that walk down the footpath when one of the wedding guests caught my eye and started to talk to me. This wedding guest would, had travelled over from London. And we, we got talking for a while and then he began, for some reason I don't know what, to tell me the best sermon that he'd ever heard a priest say. And so he said to me, would I like to know some more? As if I had a choice. So would you like to know some more? Well, that's about two of you. And so he said to me, well, this priest, it was, this message was on the Feast of Epiphany, which if you know anything is in the church calendar when the church remembers the coming of the wise men to visit the baby Jesus. And he said to me, this is what happened. He said, the priest got up and he went to the pulpit and he said, they came to him. And then he sat down. And I was nearly tempted to do the same, just to see what the reaction would be, but it's all in darkness, so it doesn't matter. They came to him. They came to him. They came to him. They came to him at his birth, whether it was the shepherds or the wise men. They came to him in his life, whether it was the disciples, Andrew and Peter, or Philip and Nathaniel, or the women, they left everything and came to him. Then there was the royalty and the politicians, the tax collectors and the lawyers. The desperate and the outcasts, not to mention the children and the crowds, they too came to him. And then at his death, they still came to him. Whether it was the robber who was crucified next to him, whether it was the Roman centurion who was guarding him, and at last, Nicodemus, who buried him, they came to him. And still, through the centuries... And today, throughout our world, they come to him. Whether it be a bombed apartment block in Aleppo or a living room in Shanghai. Whether it be some refugee camp in France or a hospice bed in Jersey. They still come to him. So who is this man Jesus that they come to? You see, it's a, it's a really important question to ask. It's actually a really important question to be, to be able to answer because we live in a world where there's amazing ignorance of who Jesus is. There are staggering misconceptions out there about Jesus, about his life and his basic teachings that people just don't understand. For instance, just just last year in a survey that was commissioned in part by the Church of England, 40%, 40% of those who responded 
weren't sure that Jesus existed. They either weren't sure or they thought he was some sort of fictional or mythical character. 40%. You know, in our our world today, what is it, our post-truth world, that means apparently something to some people because it's the word of the year. If Jesus didn't exist, we might as well rip up all the history books since time has ever began because there's more evidence, whether from a sacred or a secular source, that Jesus existed than any other person in history. They came to him. And yet at the same time, we live in this world, don't we, of fast-moving change, of political uncertainty and increasing instability about what is going on out there. What is happening in our world and what the future holds. We live in a world that is more divided more than ever by faith or by race or by class or by culture. And we may well be asking that question as we heard earlier. Who's in charge? And the answer we find tucked in the middle of the Bible in another uncertain time in history, for there in northern Israel, in this place back and beyond, God made a promise. A promise of a baby that would be born, that would be good news for all. And for the billions who've come, and who come to him, we believe the promise of a baby was fulfilled in the good news of Jesus Christ. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. We come to him. And the baby promised was given four names. These four special names. These four wondrous names. And so with the time that I've got left with you this evening, I'm just going to walk you through these names that reveal the truth of who Jesus is. You see, this is why people still come to him today. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. You see, many come to Jesus because he's a wonderful counselor. Often it's because of some bad decision that they've made in their life or because their life is out of control. They they just need some, some guidance. But Jesus is more than just a fixer. He's a great listener because he knows. He knows because he's one of us. The writer of the book of Hebrews says, Jesus is fully human in every way. And the Christmas story reminds us how God became a human being. And when we talk, he listens and understands from the inside of being a human being. As that great carol that we sang earlier, for tears and smiles like us he knews, and he feeleth in our sadness, and he shareth in our gladness. Or as Tim Keller, the pastor of the Church of Redeemer in New York says, there's no religion out there that says that God has suffered. No other one. That God has to be courageous. That he knows what it's like to be abandoned by friends, to be crushed by injustice, to be tortured and die. And Christmas shows us he knows what we are going through. Because when you talk to him, he understands. 
Jesus is a wonderful counsellor. He's supernatural in wisdom, the source of all wisdom and understanding. He will listen and never lose patience. He will give counsel that never falters. He walks with us even into and through the shadow of death where no other companion can go. He can be trusted with absolute confidence. And maybe for, for some of you tonight as we gather, you're weighing up a big decision. You may be assessing a relational commitment, a job offer, some personal values or business ethics that will affect the direction of your life. So who's in charge? And will you come to Jesus and let him be your wonderful counsellor? And he will be called Mighty God. You see, many come to Jesus because he's a, he's a mighty God who created our world by speaking a word, according to the Bible, and it came into being. You know, I don't know if you've ever, ever thought about this, but the earth's weight apparently is six sextillion tonnes. If you don't know what that means, that's a six with 21 zeros after it. But you knew that anyway, didn't you? Yet it's perfectly balanced and it turns on its axes at the speed of a thousand miles per hour. Or I don't know if you've ever thought about it this way, but if the earth wasn't slanted at an angle of 23 degrees, scientists would tell us that our seasons would be ice. Or if you've ever thought about it like this, that if the crust of the earth had been three metres thicker, then there would be no oxygen and all animal life would be dead. Or I don't know if you've ever thought about it like this, that if the oceans had been a metre deep, then no vegetable life would exist. And then if we think about our, our solar system, I don't know if you've thought about it this way, but if the distance between earth and the sun, is, which is 93 million miles, was no more than the thickness of a sheet of paper then the distance from the earth to the nearest star would be a stack of papers nearly 25 metres high. And the diameter of the Milky Way would be a stack of paper 300 miles high. Not to mention out there the, the galaxies that we can't number. And as we heard earlier, all of this is held together by just a word of his power. Jesus is a mighty God. The supreme power. As that poem from Dietrich Bonhoeffer said, the child in the manger is none other than God. Nothing greater can be said. God became a child. And maybe for some of you tonight, you're facing the biggest challenge of your life. Maybe if you come in today, you've had some bad news recently, or facing situations that are beyond your ability to control. And who's in charge? Will you come to Jesus? Let him be your mighty God who can and will carry that burden that we were not designed to carry. And he will be called Everlasting Father. You see, many come to Jesus because he's an everlasting father who loves us and cares for us. A few days ago it was announced, wasn't it, of the death of the American astronaut John Glenn. You know, in the era in the early 1960s, well before I was born, apparently they tell me 
that there was this great space war between the Soviet Union and the United States. Is it true? Apparently, it was his mission, if you, if you read the history, it was his mission in 1962 that kind of gave America the edge in that space war because ever since before then, the Soviet Union always seemed to be winning. And of course, in 1961, they put the first man in space. And at the time, Nicholas Khrushchev said this, didn't he? He said that when Yuri Gagarin came back from space, he discovered that there was no God there. Shortly afterwards, C.S. Lewis wrote an article where he said, if there is a God who created us, we would not discover him by going up in the air. God would not relate to us in the way that a man on the second floor would relate to a man on the first floor. He would relate to us in the way Shakespeare relates to Hamlet. Shakespeare being the creator of Hamlet's world and of Hamlet himself. But Hamlet can only know about Shakespeare if the author reveals himself in the play. So too we can only know about God if God has revealed himself. God didn't just write information about himself. God, the creator, wrote himself into the drama of history and became one of us. You see, the central promise of the Bible as you read it from cover to cover is this. I will be your God and you will be my people. Or put another way, I will be your father and you will be my children. He says it over and over and over again so that we cannot forget it. Jesus is an everlasting father. As the great Carol says, very God begotten, not created. Or as that poem from Dietrich Bonhoeffer said, born within time. He brings eternity with him to earth. As the son of God, he brings to us all the love of the father in heaven. And maybe for, for some of you tonight, as you've gathered here, maybe your own family situation is not that great. Maybe there's a relationship there that's gone bad or a close friendship that's gone sour. Maybe some of you feel you don't have a family and you're all alone. So who's in charge? Will you come to Jesus and let him be your everlasting father who is completely trustworthy and wants to be part of every moment of your life? And who desires nothing else but to bring the love of the Father to the earth. And he will be called Prince of Peace. You see, many come to Jesus because he's the Prince of Peace. The word used for peace here is the Hebrew word shalom. That means far more than peace. It means wholeness and fullness of life. And when... We talk about peace here, we're primarily talking about the peace that Jesus brought between us and God because of the conflict that's existed between us and God because of our rebellion against him. And Jesus made that peace by taking upon the shoulders more than just the governments of this world, but he took two beams of a cross on his shoulders as he was crucified. You see, the good news of his birth at Christmas looked forward to the good news day when he took our sin and separation from God and made peace between us and God. That's why we call it Good Friday. And when Jesus carried our sins on the cross, he took not only the government of the world on his shoulders, he bore the entire weight of the world's sin on his shoulders. So we celebrate his birth by remembering his death. 
Jesus is the Prince of Peace who brings wholeness and fullness of life that he can only bring. And maybe for, for some of you, tonight is the moment that you recognise or you remember again as we've heard these readings, as we've sung those carols, that we understand a bit more of the moral debt to God that we cannot repay. Or maybe we're deeply troubled by something in our life. And so who's in charge? Will you come to Jesus and let him be your Prince of Peace? Let him bring shalom into your life. Will you come and receive the gift of a son that is given to you, born for our salvation? Shortly after that priest's sermon that I heard for the first time, in fact that very same week, as many of you know, I had a bike accident. As many of you know as well, Rob Hewlett suffered the same on Thursday night. And this past week, I went and spoke to two of the paramedics who, who treated me that night. The first of them I saw in this very building last, last Sunday morning. And he, he kind of said to me, yeah, 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 you were, you were away with the fairies that night. And some of you are thinking, well, there's no difference there then. <laughs> but, yeah, sure. And that was my daughter, or one of them. And then on Friday morning, I went to see the paramedic who, who treated me first. Who was, who was kind of the, the first on the scene because, because I know he lives, he know he is, he lives in St. Juan, he's called Robin, and we, we talked about that day, and I wanted to go and see him to thank him. To thank him for everything that he did for me that, that night, because, I mean, I came out of it relatively light apart from a bad head, and he just told me that's the worst case of concussion he's seen in ten years of being a paramedic. And, as I've been reflecting this past week on my recovery, I began to remember during those times, during those summer months, when I came to Jesus. And those times when Jesus was a wonderful counsellor to me. At first when my brain was a bit scrambled and I, I kind of felt frustrated because my prayers to God didn't make sense. They probably don't make sense most of the time, but I kind of felt frustrated by it. And I remember as I was walking through the lanes of St. Juan one Thursday morning, he kept saying to me, I am the wonderful counsellor. I understand and I know what you're saying. And then as I remembered and as I remembered those times, I remember when I came to Jesus and the times when Jesus said to me, I am a mighty God. When he lifted me up and he carried the burdens that, that I was facing. And then I, I remembered again as I was thinking when I came to Jesus, the, the occasions when Jesus just kept reminding me, kept whispering to me, I am with you always. I am an everlasting father whose love never runs out. And above all, I kept remembering all through that time, and if you know this, you know how precious this is, that there was the presence of the peace of Jesus that goes beyond human understanding because he knows what we're going through. And he never left me. And so, I hope now, in the moments that we now spend in prayer, that you too come to Jesus and know him this way in your life. Let us pray.
For to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. So in this very moment now, in the, in the silence that we have, the ability of God to relate and to speak to each one of us all at the same time, and to know what we're saying back to him. Maybe it's the wonderful counsellor that you need of Jesus this evening. That Jesus, we need your counsel in our lives. Lead us on the right path. Lead us away from selfishness. Lead us and teach us to follow. Or maybe it's Jesus the mighty God that you need in your life tonight. Jesus, you are mighty to save. Jesus, you are a mighty God that takes time with me. Humbly, I thank you. Maybe it's Jesus, the everlasting Father, that you need tonight. That Lord, we thank you for being our Father, that you don't let us down, you protect us and guide us. We know our earthly fathers will fade away. Some of us will be sad, some will remain indifferent. However, to you, Jesus, our Father, there is no end. That we run into your everlasting arms. Or maybe it's Jesus, the Prince of Peace. The peace that we can't comprehend. But we feel it. So in our world of unrest, in distressed hearts, be the Prince of Peace that calms the storm. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.